a lot of the free, uh, a lot of the UFAs that I talked to yesterday expressed, you know, wanting to come back, and but you know, wanting to come back and getting a deal to come back are two different things. From your perspective, has there ever in your GM history been anything resembling what is referred to in the industry as a hometown discount, where a player might, in some instances, be willing to take a little less than he might be offered somewhere else because he doesn't want to leave the locker room? I, I think you can say at times that does occur. You know, does it occur across the board? No. Um, but you want to create an environment where they want to, where they want to be. And Doug's done a great job. I think the entire staff's done a great job. This, this player group, it's a close-knit group. And it's, when you got a situation like we have, it's, it's tough to leave if you're a player. So hopefully that works uh, to our advantage in getting them back. Whether that re is reflective of the contracts or not, that's, that remains to be seen. How important is it for you guys to retain these guys, like Evan Ingram, Jawan Taylor, those core guys going into next year and beyond? I think you're always looking to keep as many players in the nest as you can. You know, you work hard to draft these guys or, or to secure them uh, through various methods, whether it's free agency or the draft and uh, college free agency. There are a lot of different ways these guys come onto the team. But once they've proven themselves not only on the field but in the locker room, those are the, the core guys you want to build around. Trent, why did, why did this work in your opinion? Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of things to point to, but I don't think you point to anything greater than than Doug's influence as a leader. You know, when you have a, someone at the at the top that's as steady as Doug is, uh, as fearless as he is, and really as authentic. You know, those are the th three things that I think of when I think of the way Doug's led this organization and this football team that really stand out, and and people get behind that. You know, when you're authentic, you're the same guy every day, and you're fearless as a leader. Uh, people, you know, players, staff, uh, fan bases, you know, it's, it's encouraging and it's engaging. Can you evaluate Trey Long's rookie season, how you felt he did, and, and where you think maybe the most improvement needs to be? Well, I think Trayvon, like all these rookies, you know, it was a growing, it was a, a season of growth. And you're always looking at young players and, Usually that step between year one and year two is the biggest jump that these guys have uh, as players. But I think he did a lot of nice things. You know, and, uh, you know like I talked to him a week ago, you know, the, the, that stat number that everybody has in their mind of sacks is, is in, in a lot of ways very overvalued. You know, there's a lot of ways to influence a game. And I think Trayvon, you saw him do it, uh, whether it be the run or the pass. He had an impact this year, and it's only going to get better from here. Trent, how viable is the franchise tag, knowing the financial situation you guys are in, using it this offseason? You know, I'm hoping we don't need to use it. I'm hoping that we can, uh, you know, right now we're evaluating this team as, as a staff. Uh, Doug and the rest of the coaches are going through a process, an end-of-the-season process that we have, that we've set up. Uh, our personnel staff is doing the same thing. We'll join forces tomorrow and meet for most of the morning to really put a plan in place for how we're going to attack this offseason. Is the cap real sometimes? <laughs> I mean, people maneuver that thing so much. Like, How much is that going to hamper what you can do this offseason? Uh, cash is more important than cap. 
right? There's ways to maneuver the, the, the cap and there's ways to extend things into the future. Uh, but you also got to be smart and diligent when you're doing that. So again, we're going to look at all of our options. We're going to meet as a staff tomorrow, go through what we our wish list is. Then we'll sit down with ownership. We'll sit down with uh, those that uh, work on the cap and contracts. We'll sit down with them. And, and we have been, uh, but we'll have a final, final, final meeting with them to really get the ball rolling for the future. I know that you said you plan to you know, meet with everybody to kind of address the offseason plan, but how much of a priority is it for you to maybe have Evan Ingram come back, just considering it's kind of obvious to fit for both sides works, worked out? Well, you know, obviously we'd love to have Evan back. You know, and Evan and I visited yesterday as he visit, went around the building and visited with everybody. I think it's mutual. Now we got to make it happen, you know. So that's something that we're going to work on with Evan and, and all the other free agents that we have. We have a list of them that we got to we got to mow down one at a time. How much different is it to evaluate a free agent like that? Somebody that you know fits and he's been in the building as opposed to signing a guy who you haven't been with. Well, obviously the, you're dealing with the known, right, versus the unknown. You know, and I think one of the things that we talked about with this free agent class this year and, and last year's free agent class, you know, I think they've been two very productive classes and it's weighed out in the production that they've had on the field. But there was a lot of work that went into that process and getting to know these guys as much as we could from a distance. Uh, the coaching staff was heavily involved. The personnel staff was heavily involved. The support staffs were heavily involved. The trainers, the, the strength coaches. The more information you can get, the better your chances of getting what you what you believe you're getting, right? Is this the offseason that this franchise transfers away or transitions away from the free agent franchise and more to the draft and develop your own? I mean, we talked about it around here for years. It's never really happened. Uh, is now that moment? Yeah, I think it has to be that moment. First of all, we're up against the cap a lot more than we were the previous two years. Uh, we feel really good about the nucleus of young players that we have on the team. I believe we're the fifth or sixth youngest team in the National Football League right now. We have a lot of young players on their first contracts, a lot of players overall on their first contracts. And as you transition into more guys that are on their second deals, it becomes more and more difficult to, to use free agency as a, as a strong vehicle to improve your team. So. We've got to look to the draft. We've got to look to developing the guys that are currently here and uh, obviously retain as many of these guys as we can. Trent, how would you evaluate where the offensive line is right now, knowing Juwan obviously will be a free agent, but also the guys you have here? Well, I think, you know, you never want to see guys get injured. But, you know, when Cam went down, it, what injury does is create opportunity for for somebody else. And when uh, – when those guys went down, when Ben went down, Shat st stepped in and did a, an outstanding job. When Cam went down, uh, Walk stepped in and did an outstanding job. So it gave us a chance to evaluate not only the frontline guys, but the depth of our roster at that position. And we feel really good about it. I think Coach Relsher's done an outstanding job of working with those guys. And they're only going to continue to get better. The good thing is most of those guys are young. Most of them are on their first contract. Uh, you know, you got a couple that are early stages of their second contract, and only Shat really is a guy that's up there in, in years. Uh, but you couldn't tell by the way he performed, you know, this this year for us. He stepped in and did an outstanding job. How do you, as a, as a GM, compartmentalize Week 18 of 2021 to 2022? There was so much calls for change in the organization and for Shad to do things, and then Week 18. 
the, the celebration and euphoria and everything that you felt? A little vindication, a little smile, celebration? You know, I, I don't look at it like that. I think, you know, we're, we're paid to do a job, and that job's to put the best product we can out on the field. And I've never listened to the noise. The noise doesn't determine uh, the decisions that we're going to make as an organization. And I think uh, the, the best thing you can do when there's a lot of noise is put ear, earplugs in, you know, and just go about your job. And that's what we tried to do. And again, it's, there's never one person that makes these decisions. It's, it's a group decision, organizational decision. Uh, Doug and I are very much involved together in this process, and we involve everybody underneath us uh, to, a, to a, the nth degree. I mean, there's just a, a lot of collaboration that people don't, don't see behind the scenes. Can um, Luke Fortner be your Creed Humphrey? Watching Humphrey the other day is pretty clear. The importance of having a dominant young center. What's, what's the upside for Fortner? What did you see from him this year? I think what you saw is, is, is a guy that's got a chance to have an outstanding career in the National Football League. He's highly competitive. He's smart. He's tough. Uh, he's, got, he's got the size. He's got the skill set to be a very good player in this league for a long time. You know, to come into this league and play in the middle of the offense, play the center position with all that has to go, that mentally that goes into playing that position and to do as well as he did uh, is a credit to him and, and the work that he puts in. Uh, he's a pro's pro at a very young age. I, I, I look at him as an old soul. And I think uh, the best is yet to, is, is in front of him. As someone who drafts and you have to project and look into the crystal ball, what sort of reflection do you have on what you saw in him and what you got out of him? I mean, that's got to be gratifying to take a young player in the third round and see him become that. Well, I think, you know, again, we spent a lot of time evaluating these guys, and Coach Rauscher went to the school, did a school visit with them. The, his old line coach at Kentucky used to work for us when, when I was in San Francisco. So we had an inside, some real inside knowledge as to the type of guy we were going to get. Uh, and he's, he's been everything and more than we imagined. You know, he's, again, he, I can't emphasize enough their, their ability to come in at a young age and be a pro from day one. You know, sometimes it takes these guys a little bit to learn how to be a pro. Uh, what it all involves. This game is a lot more mental than it is physical a lot of times. And uh, for him to step into that role and excel the way he did, I think the, the future's very bright for him. Do you, uh, do you look at Trevor now as entering that elite kind of category of a QB in the NFL? And, and either way, is there more? The next step, the next stage, the growth? Well, I think he's certainly trending that way. And is there more? There's a lot more. You know, and I think Trevor would say the same thing. His, his upside, his ability to grow at the position uh, from just a knowledge standpoint. You got to remember now, this is the third offense in three years that Trevor's played in, uh, counting his, his senior year in college. So you go from that to a, a new system in the NFL, uh, and then all of a sudden uh, it's a hit the reset button. Oh, we got another offense. So. It's his third offense in three years, and it takes a while to master that. And I think you saw the development of him mentally as well as physically throughout the course of this season, and I think it's only going to trend upward from there. Were there times this year that you said, well, like this guy's really good? A lot of times. <laughs> you know, he just he does. He, one thing about him, you know, he's really a, a lot like Doug in the sense that He's very steady. He's very even keel. And, and 
that's a marriage made in heaven there because they relate to each other that way. They're both fearless. You know, Trevor doesn't fear anything. And they're, and they're very authentic. So when you have leaders, you know, in, at the quarterback position, at the head coach position that are like that, you know, everybody else just kind of falls in line. Trent, you mentioned being up against the cap compared to years past, or at least, you know, the past two years. How much do you envision having to restructure and perhaps say goodbye to players than you have here in the past two seasons? Well, you, goodbyes are tough. You know, you want to keep as many of these guys as you can. Everybody understands that we're going to do everything we can to make that happen. But if we're going to make that happen, something has to give. Everybody's got to give a little bit. And, uh, you know, we had those conversations on the way out with the players, and, and they understand that. And we've got a lot of work ahead of us in order to make this happen. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident that we can do what we need to do structurally if we need to to sign the guys back that we need to bring back. Yeah, without obviously prying too much, did it seem like there were guys open to restructuring because they are so about this group and this team? Well, restructuring is the easy part, right? Restru because that, that's just semantics with the numbers, and they, it's not like you're taking money away from them. They're just restructuring how they're getting it and when they're getting it. So that's, that's never been the real issue in this battle. It's more getting the guys that are free agents under contract and something that they'll agree to. Okay, a couple other than, more. Uh, you know, re-signing the free agents and stuff like that, what's the different challenges for you now in this offseason going from the team before that was chasing the rest of the division to being the team that is being chased in the division? Well, you know, the, the, the good thing about that, it, first of all, it's a lot easier to be the, the hunter than the hunted, right? And as, as you get better and, and you become the hunted, the challenge gets, gets harder, right? You're going to get every team's best when they show up in Jacksonville now. Uh, in the past, they maybe thought this was going to be an easy out. That's not, no longer going to be the case. Uh, but... I think the last part of this season really prepared this young group to understand that there's a real sense of urgency that goes into being a championship caliber team. You know, it just doesn't happen. Uh, you know, and the players saw that. You know, you really see it in the playoffs. But because we were playing really playoff football for the last month of the season, you know, it was it was evident to them just how much urgency there is starting on Monday. You know, you don't wait till Sunday to get, get excited about playing or get prepared to play. It starts on Monday. And as they understood, got to understand that better, we played better. And hopefully, not hope that, that should carry over to next season for us. Trent, don't you think that uh, given Doug and, and Trevor's mindset that they'll enjoy being the hunted? I think we'll all enjoy, but yes, you know, obviously, uh, again, the leadership matters, and you know if if you're fearless and you're not afraid to be the hunted, then let's go. You know, but there's a lot of work to do. It's you can't just talk about it. You got to go do it. You know, we were able to 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 get them to understand the urgency process, uh, and they they made that adjustment and did it very well and played at a high level. Uh, now we got to go do it from the get go. We got to you know from the start, and that starts April 17th for us with the off-season program. Trent, knowing you are most likely adding Calvin Ridley this upcoming season, how would you evaluate the pass catchers this past season and now moving into 2023? How would you evaluate how many different threats you guys have on the offensive side of the ball? Well, that's, you know, that's really for the coaches to, to address. But 
Obviously, we feel very good about Kelvin and what he can bring to the organization and will bring to the organization. Uh, we feel really good about the guys that we have under contract. I thought that group this year uh, did, a, did an excellent job. But the most important thing is we're, we're going to surround Trevor with the same cast of characters, if you will, you know, the same cast of, of, of receiving threats, the same running back core for the most. Now, we're going we're gonna to always look to, to, you know, insert guys here and there, but for the most part, getting that core group back for a second year in the same offense with, with, with the same play caller, obviously, and all that that goes with it, uh, I think that's going to really help Trevor take the next step and this team take the next step. How do you assess last pass rush in terms of this year? And where is it in your offseason season Say that again, John. Sorry. Pass rush. Just assess it, and then your thoughts going to the offseason. Well, you're always looking at ways to improve as a as a unit, you know, and that's twofold, right? It's coverage that that helps pass rush, and it's pass rush that helps coverage. So we're going to look at ways, and and again over the next couple of days, especially. Uh, tomorrow when we get together with the staff, really sit down and talk about those things and what needs to be addressed and uh, what's going to get us to, to where we want to be defensively sooner rather than later.